Welcome to the LFC podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're so glad you've tuned in, and we believe that God will speak to you today as you listen to this message. Today we're going to begin a brand new series called Equip. Now, the word equip in in its basic form simply means this, to supply. Everybody say to supply. To supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. Um, To equip means to prepare even someone mentally for a particular situation or task. In other words, have you ever heard someone come to you and maybe they got to give you some bad news or maybe they're going to give you some good news and I want to prepare you for this situation. And so they, they set the stage so that you will be mentally prepared. How many coaches do I have in the room? How many coaches? When you go to coach your team, Uh, You can be the one kind of coach and say, well, give it your best. We're going to go get ice cream afterwards. Or you can can be that coach. Come on, I know you got some fight left in you. And you're, you're, you're encouraging, you're equipping your students to be able to attain and to receive that victory. But equip simply in its basic form means this. It means to make ready. So tomorrow morning, if you just started a brand new job, tomorrow morning, let's all go to the land of make-believe with Mr. Rogers, right? If you just got a new job and you went into work tomorrow morning, you would expect to receive some sort of training, a, a proper training, so that you can be able to complete the job that you just got hired for. Why? Because you want to keep that job. Right. Right, You want to be prepared. If it's a dangerous job, you want to be equipped with the information so that you won't injure yourself, that you won't stick your hand in the wrong place. Something that can help you do your job the very best that it can be done, right? Because we all, even even the world thinks this, you want to do a good job, but as the believers, we want to have a standard of excellence in everything we do, not just here at church, but you guys represent LFC, Citywide, uh, countywide, statewide, you represent. And so we want to do everything with the standard of excellence. So when we, when we help someone grow, we want to equip them so that they will do that job well. Get it? Got it? Good. Well, even Jesus, he equipped his disciples. In Matthew, well, you will recognize this, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And following, you will see a story how Jesus called all of his disciples together and he uh, gave them the authority. In other words, he equipped them to be able to accomplish what he was getting ready to send them out to do. And he said this, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to cleanse the lepers and I want you to cast out demons. And the vast majority of you would be like, all right, I got this. 
right? No, we would be like, hold on a second. Wait, what? How are we supposed to do this? What are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to do? Do I even have the authority to do that? I'm not sure that I want to do that. Oh God, can you give me something a little bit lesser to do? Right. But he gave them the authority. He equipped them with the power to be able to accomplish what they were supposed to accomplish. Right. Well, we try to do the same thing right here at LFC. And our, our mission, and you can see that out in the hallway, you can see it up on the screen. The, the mission of this church is very simple and it's really taken out of the Great Commission. And, and it is simply this, to make, deploy, and to multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. Can you say that? Is that up on the screen behind me? All right, can you just say that? The, the mission of LFC is to... It's the echo chamber, right? So that is great, but how are we going to accomplish that mission? How are we going to make sure that that gets done? How are we going to make sure that we're making, we're deploying, and we are multiplying, not just any Christian, but a mature and and an equipped Christ follower? How is that done? That's done through vision. And our vision is this, and it's threefold, to establish a family environment. How many like a family environment? Family environment, right? Well, uh, this church, uh, and, and this goes for any church, uh, the larger you get, the harder it is to keep that, that family environment, right? I mean, that's just common sense. You know, there are people in this room that you probably won't even meet. There are people in the first service that won't ever meet you that's in here because you're not, you're not crossing paths. In essence, this is really kind of a second church. Does that make sense? And so what we try to do, our very best is to keep it small and family oriented and we, we do that with small groups. The larger you get in order to keep it smaller, you have to participate in a small group. And I get this, not everybody is gonna wanna participate in a small group. Yes, pastor, I wanna have the I don't care about small group, small group. <laughs> Can I teach that class? Right, uh, we 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 understand that 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 is, but we are we're establishing a family environment. We also the second part is to create and maintain a climate where God is honored, where Christ is worshipped, and I love this one where the Holy Spirit has free reign. Listen, the only person in charge here is the Holy Spirit. Right, Pastor Hall, if, if you think that you've got the reins and you're controlling everything, can I tell you, <laughs> you're the biggest dummy out there, right? The Holy Spirit has to be in control because at the end of the day, the, the, he's the one that grabs the hearts of people. The only thing that I can do is I can challenge you, but I can't change you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's God's responsibility. And so we, we create and maintain a climate. And that climate is maintained through fasting and praying and worshiping and spending time in the presence of the Lord and in his word. And lastly, we are here, uh, how we're gonna do this, uh, the mission is to to offer and encourage opportunities for spiritual growth. In other words, small groups are a part of that. Midweek, 
is a part of that. We can't make anyone grow. But the way we're going to accomplish this, we're going to give you an opportunity. You may not take that opportunity, and that's okay. But the opportunity is there for the taking. The opportunity, ladies, is there for Bloom. Guys, the opportunity is there with Forge. The opportunity is, is there for you to come and grow in a men's class, a women's class. Your kids can come and grow in kids' church and youth, in, in youth ministry. You can grow uh, during midweek. It's, well, Pastor, I just don't know if I have time. You know what? That's okay. I get it. Time is, is, is of the essence, but I also know, guys, that time is of the essence. The eternal clock is ticking. We're running out of time. And not to play on words, but it's time that we start making time. It's time that we start being deliberate and and moving out, uh, uh, moving away our schedule so that we can experience and grow in the things of God. Well, when we look at equipping, we also see uh, what God's word tells us about the church and about the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And that's found in Ephesians chapter four. And we're gonna get to this really super quick. Ephesians chapter four, it says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Um, He gave apostles and prophets. He gave evangelists and pastors and teachers. But all of them, uh, they just don't exist uh, because they have a title. They've got a plaque on their wall. They've got a T-shirt on that says, hey, I'm the apostle. Hey, I'm the prophet. Hey, I'm an evangelist. It's more than that. They've got a job to do, and their responsibility in verse 12 is to equip. Everybody say equip. In other words, what is equipped to make ready, to prepare you? Their job is to uh, equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this is going to continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. And we will measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So over the next couple weeks, the three weeks, Lord willing, we're going to be helping to equip you for some some different things. And the first one we're going to focus on today is witnessing. Now... How many would say, you know what, Pastor, I got it, and I, I, don't, I don't need any help with that. I'm an expert. Raise your hand. Yeah. Every single person struggles with this because we've been given a distorted view of what witnessing really truly is. Am I right? Or you see someone that they are so out there that you're like, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> right? You, you, or you're like, I, here's another one. Uh, man, there's no way that I could ever know that much scripture. My, my grandma, uh, she, knew, she knew so much and she was leading, my mom was leading people to the Lord all the time and there's just no way that I would ever be able to do that. I just don't have that personality. We struggle with those kind of thoughts, don't we? We struggle with those. Well, 
I'm gonna get the laugh on going in your spirit because here's some of the things that we shouldn't do. Evangelism is not for the weak, all right? I should know. I wrote a whole book about it, self-published. Most Christians, they are just good for bake sales and potluck dinners. But I'm telling you this right now. It takes a lot of moxie to grab a non-believer by the shirt collar and throw him in the front doors of a church and say, hey, try living out your heathen life in front of a holy God that way. It is like holy water on a vampire. That's divine intervention, my friend. Repent for the kingdom of the Lord is nigh. Come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, sir, it sounds like you're really passionate about Jesus. I am. Um, and you should also be. Okay. Passionate about the Lord. Sir, if there's... You need to get sanctified or chicken fried. Can we... You need to get with the Lord or drive a Ford. Sir... We get right or get left. I share my faith. Okay, that's a lie. People don't even know I'm a Christian. I want to. Again, another lie. I hardly shower, much less have the will to do anything else. Mm, okay. Now, if there was pizza and ice cream every time there was faith sharing, I'd do it. That's a lie. I'm lactose intolerant. Again, another lie. I'm just too cheap to buy dairy. Bottom line, sharing my faith makes me sweaty. Uh, tip number 95, um, use big church words like transubstantiation. Heathens get confused easily, and the more confused they are, the more shame they are. The more shame they are, the more apt they are to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I believe it's a responsibility, no. The privilege, no. The glorious privilege of every believer to share their faith with others. That's why I share my faith with everyone I come in contact with. Everyone, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone. How do you do that? Uh, check out my shirt. Can't read it? Try this glove. Not working for you? How about this bracelet? No comprendo? Vistazo a estos. <laughs> Driving behind me? Read my bumper sticker. Says, it's okay if you follow close. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> oh, you're my waiter or waitress? I got a tip for you. Surprise! It's the gospel. I mean, what do you want? Money or eternity? <laughs> I also use these tracks. <laughs> So what about talking to people about your faith? <laughs> I, I don't really like people, but I love Jesus. <laughs> Scripture mint? Hi, my name is George. And I'm Jorge, and together we're George and Jorge. Right, right. Uh, what we like to do is to take secular songs and reprogram them. Yes, the purpose is for evangelism. We like to take songs to the unbelieving world and make it believable. Right, right. Let us give you a sample right now. Why don't you just give it all up to Jesus tonight? Pray for your soul today, for your soul today. Just pray. I was a freshman in college, the first time I invited someone to church. My best buddy called me. I was working at a grocery store. I was in the back cutting carrots and my buddy called me. And I just said, hey, do you want to go to church with me tonight? And uh, I remember his words. He said, sure, I got nothing better to do. 
and I went to church with him. And you know, I went there because they were serving pizza that night. Um, I don't remember what was said. I don't remember what was sung. During the services, I remember praying for him and just asking God to please reach out and touch his heart or do something because I knew he needed Jesus. And then um, God answered my prayers. That night changed my life, September 17th, 1987. It changed my life because I realized I needed a savior. <laughs> I think sometimes what we do is we complicate it. We really do. We, we, we complicate it. And, um, and when we don't know what to do or we don't think we know what to say, sometimes we clam up. But there are other times we get, we get put into situations um, that, that, is, that is kind of like beyond us. And there, there are a lot of things you can see of what not to do and goofy things. Uh, but I remember w one of my witnessing experiences, uh, I, I would say it was probably back in 1983, a lot of years before you guys were even born, right? And... Um, my youth pastor took us uh, to uh, the Alton Square Mall. Remember when malls were popular, right? Uh, and Amazon did not exist. And so um, he took us to the mall, and, you know, you got the, the food court, right, the video game room. How many video game people do I have right there? And um, so he took us to the mall, and um, he gave us nothing, he gave it, he, he just, he set a bunch of sweaty teenagers uh, and turned them loose in the Alton Square Mall to tell people about Jesus. And so I'm, I'm literally cruising around and I'm like, okay, what, and you got your Bible. Remember, how many of those in that generation, you remember the Bible? They, they didn't have the cool Bibles that you have now, right? But you have that hardback Bible, and, but then you had a cover on the outside and mine had a big sword on it. It was a brown, and then you zipped it up on the side like it was going to run away or something and so you had to keep it all right in there and so I remember going down and, and, and we didn't we didn't get trained we didn't nothing just go we, you should automatically go you you know you've been in church all your life you know all these different things and I'm like okay I do and I'm like no I don't but I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm cruising through the mall and I see this guy he's about 70 years old and I sit down and I'm like okay he's I can do this I can do this. and I sit down in the long long bench and there's you know stuff going all around. You can hear the video games going. He's sitting there minding his own, own business and I got my Bible in my hand and I sit down and I'm like thinking, oh dear God, <laughs> I'm supposed to tell this man about Jesus and so I just slowly start creeping closer to the man. <laughs> thinking that it's going to get him closer to Jesus because I, you know, I've got my Bible and slow and just a little bit, a little bit closer, right? Like he's going to bite me in anything. And so I just, I didn't know what to say. And I'm like, I can't remember what they, they told me I'm supposed to say. What's my opening line? How many know what I'm talking about? What's my opening line? What am I going to say? And I just turned to the man and was like, sir, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and this was his honest to God. This is response. Jesus who? <laughs> and I'm like, they didn't teach me that in Sunday school. <laughs> 
Jesus has a last name? I don't know. <laughs> right? Well, the guy laughed and he said, man, I appreciate it. He said, yeah, I just came from church myself. And yes, I know the Lord. That was really my first introduction into learning. I was, I was thrown to the wolves. So to speak. and thank God that dude was cool about it. Thank God he was like, Jesus who? You know, because I would have done that too myself. How many would have said, as for Jesus' last name? That would have been me, right? As a matter of fact, I'm going to do that this afternoon if someone witnesses to me. <laughs> but, but sometimes you, you've got to put a little risk in the game. Sometimes you have to put your neck out there. And I like what this, this uh, uh, person said, Arthur Kosler. Uh, he made this statement. If the creator has a purpose in equipping us with a neck, he surely would have meant for us to stick it out. Sometimes you got to stick your neck out sometimes. Sometimes you've got to get your feet wet. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you some practical steps for witnessing. All right, how many like practical application to where you can take it and you can say, you know what, I could use that. So practical tips for witnessing. In other words, telling people about Jesus. Practical tip number one. Number one, and I love this one. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be a jerk. How many have ever met a jerk witnesser before? I remember when I was in, in college, we had, uh, on the weekends, we had uh, like spiritual progress type things that we could get involved in in different ministries. And you had, uh, you had local ministries, but you had street witnessing. And I had been thoroughly equipped for uh, street witnessing because of my Alton Square uh, traumatic event. And so it couldn't get any worse with this. Well, you get some people that are all pumped up that uh, on on Jesus in the Jesus movement and, and you're in Bible college well everyone's going to reach the world and so what do you do? You go to 7-Eleven and you gang up around individuals going in to get their Slurpee and you corner them against the wall and you preach to them about Jesus. <laughs> that is the worst. But I literally took a couple step back and I'm like these people are nuts. I just want to tell people about Jesus and they're getting all, but the word of God says, and they're trying to deliver them right there and they got a Slurpee in their hand. It's like, I just want to get my gas and go to my car, right? It's, it's craziness. Well, don't, don't be a jerk. I think sometimes as a believer, if we're not careful, you can get this, this mentality. Well, I've got something that you don't. Well, friends, that's called being a jerk. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a jerk. <laughs> Who was afraid to say that to the person they were sending next to? Anybody afraid? <laughs> it's like, I was, I was afraid. I'll receive it, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, really, uh, the whole application of that is you've got to check your attitude. You have to check your heart. And in Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight, it gives us kind of a blueprint of how we should be as believers and living in this life. And it says this, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality of God something 
to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. And when, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Listen, the best thing that you can do is not to be aggressive, not to be a, church, a, a jerk, but to simply walk in humility and gentleness. The Bible even tells us this, let your gentleness be evident to all. But I have seen people that go out and they, 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 they are no more gentle than a man in the moon, than Mary and the little lamb, right? They, they are aggressive that you're gonna have to... You're gonna, no one, and can I just take this a step further? No one is also going to get saved by your sarcastic spiritual comments on social media either. You can quote scripture to your blue in the face, but if everyone gets the hint that there's arrogance, that you're just a simple jerk because of a post you made, what's the ultimate goal here? Is for someone to agree with you or for someone to come to know Jesus Christ? If you're with me, say, uh-huh. Okay, so practical tip number one, don't be a jerk, all right? Number two, here's a good one. Just be you. Just be you. Have you ever noticed sometimes that you can be having a conversation with someone, but as soon as they're asked to pray or as soon as they're asked to like read something out of the Bible, their whole tone changes. Like you're, you're, you ask for someone, it's like, hey, can you pray for dinner? Can you do this? And all of a sudden, like King James, the spirit of King James comes upon them and all of a sudden they're like, sure, yeah, I'll pray for dinner. <laughs> Dear God. And they start emulating like they're an evangelist. And they start spitting out of their mouth. Right? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I'm also being for real. Sometimes we try to be something that we, we are not. We start to duplicate something that, that we are not. You have to understand that the Spirit of God is come upon you, not because you try to act like someone else. He's coming upon you because he has created you in his image. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 says this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Everybody say me. me. For, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this verse, and whenever it says me, I want you to hit me with the me, right? Because it's talking about you. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon, for he has anointed to bring good news to the poor. He has sent to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. Do you just know this? He is talking about you. He's talking about you and who he has created to be. Every single person in here, you have a personality, you have a, a, a dis, everybody is different. Every fingerprint in this room is completely different. Why? Because God is wanting to show you that he created you in his image and he created you for a purpose. So just be you, don't try to be someone else. 
Now listen, you can you can take on you can eat the chicken and spit out the bones. You know, hey, I kind of like that style over there, and I I like that phrase. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you try to be something completely and utterly different than who you are, it's not going to work. We see the same thing happen when King uh, the, King Saul tried to put his armor on a young David. It wouldn't work. David, thank God he recognized him because he didn't need that mantle of that king who had no anointing. He needed the mantle of the Holy Spirit that came to him in the middle of the wilderness and taught him and trained him. The very one that he sang to out in the wilderness and he learned to get his own voice and which brought his own anointing. If you're with me here today, say amen. Amen. Just be you. I remember years ago, gosh, how many, how many years ago? 22 years ago, maybe even a little bit more than that, we happened to have uh, my brother-in-law over and uh, my sister over, and um, my brother-in-law was just barely new, new to the faith. He really did not. He was he was a baby. Right, he was a baby, and some things would kind of freak him out a little bit. But yet, the presence of God kept him right where he's at because he loved the presence of the Lord. And I remember we had him over for dinner, and and um, we had the, the you know the table laid out, and we're getting ready to eat. And we asked our three year old son at the time, and just said, "Hey, Christian, can you pray for 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 our dinner?" Yeah, yeah, you know. Right? And so he's like, dear Jesus, thank you for food and be with our dog and the tree that I hit with a bat and, you know, and, and, amen. And all of a sudden our brother-in-law said, wait, what? That's legal? <laughs> That, that, that actually counts. A three-year-old did that. This man had a revelation at that moment that a, if a three-year-old can pray and call out to God and thank him, not only for the food that was before him, but even the things that were important to him, the dog and the tree and the bat that he could open up his mouth and pray as well. Practical tips for what, just be you. Just be you. Don't, you don't have to, listen, it's time for God's people to start walking in confidence. It's time for God's people to start waking up and understanding that he is with you. We gotta stop trying to be other people. Stop trying to mimic other things. Be you and be confident in what God has done for you because your story is your story. It's high time that you start telling it. Amen? All right? Number three, practical tips for witnessing. Number three, know the word. Know the word. Listen, you got to at least know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, if you are going to witness, there's some real big problems out in this world 
right? There's some really, really big issues. One of the big ones that'll cause you to choke down in the mud is why would a loving God cause this, 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 this to happen? And then all of a sudden you're kind of like, for God to love the world that he gave his one and only son? You know, we, sometimes we don't have the answers to this, but God's word tells us that we should know the word. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one, as, as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and one who correctly handles the word of truth. The King James says this, that we are to study to show ourselves approved. You gotta know it. There are real big issues and really big problems in this world that the only answer will be God's word and the power of his, of his might. But if you and I simply don't know even the basics of that, we're gonna be sunk in the water. We're going to be sunk in the water. One of the ways that we can do this, and I love this little dude right here. You know how we talk about the purple book for learning and discipling? I just call this the orange book, but this is called Armed and Dangerous. This little guy right here, and listen, the first service, they were a bunch of jerks. <laughs> just teach. They bought Every one, they cleaned out the bookshelf. <laughs> they cleaned everything out and they left you with nothing. So am I right? How rude. <laughs> All right, we'll get more for you. But these right here, we'll have these available for you even next week. But the, this is just a powerful little bitty resource that we, and you guys know this, uh, you know what this is. At Dayton Christian School, this was ingrained in them. This was one of the resources that they had to have called Armed and Dangerous. And all it is, is just a little bitty concordance uh, about where you can, what does God's word say? And it goes down. Uh, what does God's word say about abortion, abuse, accountability, adultery, al alcohol, backsliding, bad habits. What does God's word say about beauty? What does God's word say about bitterness? What about giving uh, a heaven or hell? What does God's word say about laziness? All these different, and it, you open it up and it just has them right here. What is God's, what is, and I'm just going to just right here. What is it? What does it go right here? What, is, what does God's word say even about death? It's all right there. It's just quick little references that you can throw in your glove box. You can, ladies, you can throw in your purse, right? Guys, you don't do that, okay? Um, but, but listen, these little guys right here, they are handy. It helps their quick reference when you don't have the actual the word of God right there. And you can do the same thing with your phone, but this is great to have in your hands because at the end of the day, you can give this away. You're not likely to give away your phone, right? So six bucks. We'll have this available next week. Who wants this? You know what? I just saw your hand raised right there. And if this hits you in the face, then I'm sorry in advance. I'm sorry in advance. Do you receive my apology? Oh, that was horrible. All right. All right. So you got to know the word. If you're going to tell people about Jesus, you have to know a little bit about the word. All right. Number four, the practical tip for witnessing, you have to always check your timing. Very, very important. Even in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're not going to read all of it, but it says there's, there's, a, there's a season for everything. 
everything, there's a season. Uh, and I, I kind of call it like this. It's, it's the, the Kenny Rogers method. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to walk away and know when to. You never, no, okay. You, you, you got to know that there is, a, there is a proper time. If someone is mad about a situation at work, this is not the right time. Well, the word of God says that you need to keep your attitude in check. Come on, that is going to fall like a lead balloon. Let me lead you to Jesus right now so you'll have some peace in your life. Right? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just need to say, dude, I'm sorry, man. Well, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. What are you doing for lunch today? I'll pay for your lunch. Let's get out of this. This is a mess. I agree with it too. Let's go get some wings and I can tell you about Jesus, right? You know, come on. We, we got we to gotta know. You got to check your, you got to check your timing because we always know that there's a right time. You always know when the time's right, but if you're too aggressive in the moment, they're not going to hear you. As a matter of fact, they're probably going to throw you in the pool and get mad at they're going to get mad at you too. So you have to understand the timing, the moment that, that you are in, right? If you're with me, say, uh-huh. Practical tips for witnessing. Number five, this is a very, very important one. You've got to give God room to move. I think what happens is sometimes we want so bad to make the sale and close the deal that we negate the working of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I'm going to invite you to learn a brand new vocabulary word, and it's called this, chillax. It's a combination of chill out and relax. You like that? Just chillax, dude. Take a chill pill. Make sure it's legal, though, right? It's, it, it, it's over the counter, right? It's a chill pill. You got to give God room to move. And I think, let's just, just and I'm not being funny here, but let's, let's, let's just take a read of the room right here. Um, how many of you have ever, you yourself have actually led someone and they prayed a prayer with you and they gave life to Jesus because you were there, you were a part of that, that moment. If that's you, just slip your hand up in the air. Just, just look at that. How many would, okay, put the hands down. How many would say that, and, and if you raised your hand, don't raise your hand on this one. How many would say that um, there's been times that you've tried to share Jesus or, you, you've, or you've tried to, you know, do something of, of that sort, present Jesus in a situation, but they didn't respond. Um, they didn't give their life to Jesus right there. Just raise your hand. Okay, that's going to be more because that's going to that's going to be every one of us. Not every time are you going to hit a grand slam every single time that you you know tell someone about Jesus. But it's very important that you do something. If someone does not receive Jesus that very moment, even in these services, uh, that someone does not receive Jesus, and many times you can see the presence of the Holy Spirit working on someone, but they're just not ready yet. And can I tell you, there's still folks 
in this room that I've been praying for you and I've been waiting and I've been watching and every single time we ask if you're ready to receive the Lord, you can start seeing the fidgeting going on. It's like all of a sudden your bladder is completely full. <laughs> now, now someone gets up in the middle of the service and is like, oh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit's upon him. No, they may just need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, very important that you share. You're not gonna you're you're not gonna hit a home run every single time that you you do this. But here's it's important to understand in First Corinthians chapter three, verses six through nine. It's a very important. It says, I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was actually God that made it grow. Do you see that? God made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes that seed grow. For the one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose. So when we, listen, we've got to change our mentality. When we have the opportunity to bring someone to Jesus Christ and pray with them. I'll never forget at Central Bible College in 1990-something. I don't even remember when it was. But I remember I was involved in the Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. And I this this little guy, I'll never forget. I can't even remember his name. But I would come and it was, it was one of those kind of like abandoned situations. The dad was very rough. The dad was, was, was gruff. But I would pick this guy up and I would take him to basketball games and I would take him to lunch and I, I will never forget walking down Central Bible College we were just kind of kicking around you know kicking tree limbs and just talking and hanging out and I'll never forget we came to this bridge and we stopped on it and I felt the moving of the Holy Spirit right there and as we, I, as we just began to talk, I asked him about Jesus Christ and if he wanted to receive, he, we'd been together. He knew that I was a believer. He, he, knew, he knew what I stood for, but I never gave him that opportunity until right then. And as I began to pray and he prayed uh, uh, right beside me right there, he gave his life to Jesus Christ and I believe his destiny is forever changed because of that moment. Why? Just because he said a prayer? No, because when I lifted in my head, tears were streaming down his face, not dripping down his nose because he needed God to radically move in his heart, in his life, because his home life was an absolute wreck. God came down on a little bridge and met this young man. I had the privilege and the opportunity, thank you, Jesus, to lead that young man to Christ, but somebody else had been planting seeds. Maybe, I believe, one of his, his grandparents or whatever would take him to church every once in a while. Someone was planting, someone, maybe a Sunday school teacher was watering that seed. I just happened to be the one that gathered the harvest. And I think what happens is we get this idea that if we don't close the deal, then we've not done our job. That right there, friends, is a lie of the enemy himself. 
He wants to shut us up so he'll start pouring on discouragement. Friends, can I tell you, you share the love of Jesus with everything that you do. Sometimes you're gonna sow seed. Sometimes you're gonna water that seed. Sometimes you're gonna interject faith in that situation. This is what happens. Sometimes you're gonna tell your testimony, but at the end of the day, you always try to close the deal but you might not. But that doesn't mean that you missed the mark. Y'all with me? You've just got to give God some room to move in the Holy Spirit because at the end of the day, it's God's the one that calls their heart, not you. Last one, last one, and, I, and, I, and I, this is great. The practical tips for witnessing number six, it's okay to just invite him to church. It's okay. I want you to look around this room today. How many would say that you are here in, at this church today because someone invited you to come? Raise your hand. Come on, raise them up high. I want you to look around this room. Aren't you glad someone invited you to church? Aren't you got, you can put them down now. Unless you want to keep them up like that or you have a shoulder problem. I don't know. We can pray for that later, right? But someone invited you to church. Sometimes we have this crazy idea that if we're not going around and standing on a soapbox with the megaphone like the dude did on the thing, you better get your chicken fried. You know, you know it's, it's the craziness of, of, of this thing. But sometimes it is okay just to invite someone to church, just to be a friend to them. And listen, don't be a cheapskate. If you invite someone to church, take them out for dinner. Take them, pay for their lunch. Don't be a cheapskate, right? How many never did get to take you to lunch? You didn't get taken to lunch? Come on, collect on that today. Hey, hey, you owe me. I'm here. <laughs> even, even Jesus. Jesus said to his servants in Matthew chapter 22, he said this, hey, listen, the wedding banquet is actually ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So I want you to do this. I want you to go out on the street corners and I want you to invite to the banquet anyone that you find. So the servants went out on the streets and they, they gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and all the wedding hall was filled with all the guests. There's an invitation. There's an invitation. Sometimes we don't know what to say, so the easiest thing to do is, you know what? I don't have the answers for you. I don't know where all the scripture is found for your situation, but there's this place, and it's gonna sound weird, there's this place that I know that if you go there, the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of your hearts. Ladies, this Friday night is a great opportunity to do that. Bring some other gals to bloom. Bring some other folks to bloom. I want to say this. How many of you ladies are here because someone invited you to bloom? Raise your hand. Is anybody in here? I've met them. There's no one here in this particular service. How many men? How many of you are here because of Forge? Anyone? You see, when we invite people to church, we're just not inviting them to the church. We're inviting them into the presence to encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit, the one who actually does the changing. And this is an easy way to do it. On your way out, we got a whole bunch of these little cards. Hey, Morgan, you want to come to church with me? You don't? <laughs> well, you're going to go to H-E-Double Hockey Sticks if you don't come with me. 
Hey, pick it up. So, no, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> we, we have these right here. We have these for you. And when we run out, we buy more. This church has a great, great invite culture, but it's not an invite culture just to grow a bigger church. It's an invite culture to increase the kingdom of God, to share the love of Jesus with a lost and dying world. Amen? Thanks again for joining us today. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. To check out all of our upcoming events, head over to limafirst.church and click the events tab. Lastly, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future messages. Be blessed.